Thanks for checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. Matthew chapter 21. Amen. We're talking about some kingdom faith, and we titled this 2121. Why did I entitle it 2121? Again, to bring some people up to speed, and for those who've been here, it bears repeating. Uh, But uh, once we relocated to the Ponce de Leon Mall, somewhere along those lines, when we came in in 2009 and remodeled, and the whole church got here, well, half the church got here in 2010, three quarters, because we had to keep the preschool over at the other location for about 18 months. Um, you know, somewhere within the next couple of years, it got in my, our spirit that we need to buy a place that's not for sale. And so the confession came, or the word of the Lord says, you know, just call it yours. So I would pray, thank you, Lord, and I just called it by its address. Thank you for 2121 US 1 South. And every time we came on the property, that was our confession of faith. I'm just saying what the king says. Thank you, Lord, for 2121 US 1 South. And so we would always confess it, confess it, confess it all the time, say it, right? And then, you know, there came a situation, you know, as we, you know, got into contract, raised money, started to raise money, you know, and obviously that took us a little time, but we just kept confessing. Nothing moved us. We just kept the course. Then I came on the property, and all of a sudden, you know, I couldn't say, thank you, Lord, for 2121. And so I was having a little conflict and trying to, you know, finalize a few things. And so I just began to ask the question, you know, is there something better than here? Do I need to go on? Because at the end of the day, I want to do what you're saying, not what you said. Now, why do I say that? Because God told Abram, Abraham to kill his son Isaac, told him to do that. He actually took him up the mountain, made the altar, put him on it, pulled out his knife, and was ready to come down. But then God started saying, don't do it. So that's why we got to be listening to what God says, because faith comes by hearing, not from having heard. He, he heard God, or God's last saying was, kill your son. And he's believing, well, God must raise the dead because he said it's my covenant child, and I don't understand how that's going to be, but I'll kill him, and apparently I'm going to watch him get back up. That's what he was believing. He was assuming would take place. And can God raise the dead? But he didn't tell him that he was actually going to raise his son from the dead because he had another plan. He had a ram coming up the other side. What he didn't see is something was coming up the other side. So, you know, at the end of the day, when you're locked in faith and you're believing God for things, you always want to say, am I still in the saying with you that I'm not locked so tight because listen this ain't about personal um, what are people going to think about me I don't care what anyone thinks about me because at the end of the day it's not my glory I want to be doing what he said when he said and if I moved because again if someone knew that he was supposed to kill a son then found out he didn't he's like well he got scared and he got a ram you know, he really ain't a faith man. No, he was a faith man because God said, don't do it. I got something else. Because sometimes potential could be in your life. And again, this is one example. So you can't use this to an extreme. Don't think, well, I thought God said this, but now he's saying this. And a lot of people are saying that just because they're really not wanting to finish. There are not a ton of examples of where God said something very specifically that he wanted to do and then didn't do it. Let me just throw it this way so you'll understand and get a little context. The Lord wanted Moses to step aside so he could smoke or eliminate all the rebellious, hard-headed, hard-hearted Israelites that he delivered out of uh, Egypt but did not want to follow him into the promised land. And Moses stood and it said the Lord changed his mind. Now, the Lord didn't change his mind because they all still died. He just changed how quick it was going to happen. So you got to understand with God, that didn't actually change. The time frame changed. So again, even though we have this example that something was said to Abraham, he was full of faith, firmly persuading. The Lord says, now I know you'll do whatever I say. Okay? That is not... That was one, really, probably one occasion I'm trying to run through my mind with the Spirit right now to see where's another example of this. The point is it is so minor that it can't become how you major in faith. Let me just put it that way. It is a plausible moment in our lives, just like a Judas. 
You know, I think everyone, especially in ministry, is going to get some leader who's going to betray them. But you know what? Jesus had one. He didn't have a hundred. Now, he had a whole nation that rejected him, but, you know, that was, that's totally, these were the guys he handpicked. David had one. He said, man, if you only had been my enemy. Oh, my gosh, you only been my enemy. But we used to go to the house of the Lord together. Jeez. So, you know, you may have someone that's close to you, beloved God, whatever, and next thing you know, they stab you in the back, right? But you only have to have, like, one. You don't have to, like, have them all your whole life. Like, you know, because if you've got people stabbing you back all the time, you might need to ask yourself, are you in the will of God, number one? You know, have you met condition three of the four things you should be doing? <laughs> right? Anyway, I said all that. Uh, when I say I said all that, the Lord prompted me because, you know, I heard in my spirit, you need to say this because people will make excuses not to finish faith. Because you understand, when sometimes God's not talking or he begins to arrest your mouth to move your mouth somewhere else, because I just got this, honestly, real clear picture of something I've said for years, like two weeks ago. And you've heard us say this, but you know, a lot of times we can say stuff and still not have clarity. We go from faith to faith, glory to glory, you know? And I would say to you, I said, you know, there's always going to be another faith project. The minute we finish one, we're getting another one because the Lord didn't say faith, rest, take off, so we don't stress the people out, and then let's go to another faith project, right? I said, we're going to go from faith to faith. But you know what? Faith is calling those things that be not as though they were, which means before it even finally manifests, God's going to give you another confession of something that you're already believing for before you actually see the evidence of the thing you're still believing for. And so I, that came to, to myself when I came on, and, and it just came up my spirit. We, well, you know, we just need $10 million. I mean, if I had $10 million right, this wouldn't even be a question. I got the down payment, $10 million, to pay the whole thing off, and we're not even having a conversation. So I just began to thank you, Lord, for $10 million. That was the next word of the king, see. And at that moment then, I was praying. I said, now, Lord, because that kept coming up. And I was like, you know, Lord, just $10 million, just $10 million. And I'll never forget because I was in my preserved praying, and the Lord said, Look up Matthew 21, 21. Now, the, the, the school that Brother uh, Pastor Hagen started uh, is off of the scripture Matthew 11, 22, 23, and 24. Mark, excuse me, Mark. And they quoted that all the time. In fact, so many people heard Brother Hagen say it, they thought it was his line. And he's like, it's not my, it's the Bible. And it's the, you know, if you speak to the mountain, you don't doubt, right, then it would be moved, okay? Well, when I went to Matthew 21, 21, I found out it was the equivalent. And I've read it for years, but that particular spot doesn't register in me because I heard Mark 11, the Mark 11 account, the Mark 11 account so much that I don't think about the Matthew 21, 21. And it hit me, Wow. 2121. Now, I'm not a numbers guy, but there are significant things to numbers. Don't get me wrong. And so I knew then, man, let's just drive on. And then the Lord gave me the way to get through. And next thing you know, here we are closed. And remember what day we closed on? December the 21st, 2021. 2021. Now, again, that's like, wow, this is, I understand. But you understand when you really get in the life of faith with God, certain things are going to really start connecting that are mind-blowing that you'll sit back and say, but only God. Because, again, if those 2121s were the only thing we had, that'd be pretty cool. But it ain't nothing like what we found out that they broke ground on this land in 1979, the same year that I got born again. So the, day I, the year I got born again, within a month, I'm still trying to find out if it's the same month because I know I was born again in June 1979. So if they broke ground the same month, the Lord said, I'm going to start building Earl Glisson's church that I'll have him, the, the church he'll oversee for me. I'm going to start building it. And all of you who grew up in St. Augustine and came to this mall, thinking it was just a mall, all the while the Lord's like, well, that's, your church, it just hadn't shown up yet. That's the heart of God. 
Listen, he's done this in his book with so many people. He has planned things that all of a sudden you didn't realize. I mean, my wife and I, the natural, would even say this. Man, if there's anywhere we could live, if it was really up to us, we'd go to St. Augustine. Not knowing it was because God had put that in there. You know, because, you know, honestly, you come to St. Augustine, beautiful city, old town, beach, Florida, right? It's like that's the most selfish location you could ever be in. If you're, you know, like tropical. Now, some of y'all like mountains, and some of y'all are suffering for Jesus because, you know, you'd much rather be in the hills of West Virginia or something. I get it. <clears throat> you think that, but the reality is you want to be right in the middle of God's will. That's where you want to be. Um, and so, when you are, it changed your life forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all ready for me to preach? That's just, you know, warming us up. Glory to his name. Okay, so Matthew 21, and we'll start in verse 18. Now, I started this last week. I'm going to go a little bit further. I will not talk about the fig tree today, but we will talk about the fig tree. It says, now in the morning when he was returning to the city, he became hungry. Seeing a long fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it except fig leaves. And he said to it, no longer shall there be any fruit from you. And at once the fig tree withered. Seeing this, the disciples were amazed and asked, how did the fig tree wither all at once? And Jesus answered and said to them, verse 21, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will happen. And all things you ask in prayer, believing. In prayer, how? Because if you don't have believing in your prayer, then your prayer is not coming. And it's not God's fault. And all things you ask in prayer, believing, you might get it. You will. Now, I like this because this particular one doesn't say you will receive if it's the Lord's will. If it's the Lord's will, you will. Because faith doesn't even manifest until you know the Lord's will. Because faith, the faith we have, because faith just comes by hearing. Can, you, can I say that? All beliefs come by hearing. All beliefs. All beliefs. The way people are acting and what's governing their lives is based upon what they're hearing. And, it, and, and Paul, when he wrote in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, he went on and qualified for the believer. And hearing, in essence, your hearing, should be from the word of God or the word of Christ. So let his word govern your actions. Don't let the world or every, any other person's opinion govern how you respond. This is why I said in anything going on in our world, if the world that we know is not loving God, the Bible tells us that no one goes after God, no, not one. We know the world is fallen. We know the world doesn't want Jesus or a relationship with God, and if the whole world and multiple nations are saying the exact same thing, you might want to question whether that's God. Because the world doesn't receive the things of God. The Bible tells us that the natural, the things of God are spiritually appraised, not naturally discerned. The world rejects the voice of God. And the plan of God. So this is why we must become proficient at hearing the voice of our king. And the way you hear it is through the reading of the word and the spirit of God revealing what that word means. Amen? All right. So I want to give a couple other translations of this 2121, Matthew 2121. The Passion says it this way. Jesus replied, listen to the truth. If you have no doubt of God's power and speak out of faith's fullness. I like that. Faith's fullness. All right? We're going to be in just 21. Just go on to 21. I'm only going to read 21. Uh, faith's fullness. You can be the ones who speak to a tree and it will wither away. Even more than that, you could say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will be done. Notice these are not like it might, it could. You know, that just works for me. 
You know how many people, well, that works for God. Well, sure, it works for God, but God's saying what works for me works for you. If you believe. Now, that's a condition. That two-letter word, if, is a condition, which means if you don't believe, then you don't have it. So, again, we could say this one this way, and, and um, um, I'll do 21 and 22 of uh, THP. If we, you know, go in the reverse, because, again, if is a conditional statement. Jesus replied, listen to the truth. If you uh, have doubt of God's power and do not speak out of face fullness, you cannot be the one who speaks to a tree and it will wither away. So if you meet the condition of doubt, then you're not going to have it. Now, let me define doubt real quick. What is doubt? Doubt is a feeling of uncertainty. Hallelujah. Um, doubt is a lack of conviction because faith is a firm conviction. But doubt is a lack of conviction. Doubt is questioning the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way. What am I? The truth. Jesus said, now when he comes, which is the Holy Spirit, that is the spirit of So the minute you question, man, I don't know if you can do it. You're questioning truth itself. And that's doubt. That's doubt. I said that's doubt. So let me give you an example of what um, certainty feels like. Okay? Because, and I'm saying it in feelings, okay? Because it's really, I, I mean, it's a sense that I know. Okay? And I'm going to give you an easy one, all right? Because I feel really confident that everyone in here can have certainty. Okay? Without answering me, but inside yourself, inside, okay? In your mind and in your spirit. Okay? I'm going to ask this question. What is two plus one? What is two plus one? Now, how many of you standing up? says, I have no doubt about that answer. Jeez, I'm surprised y'all so dang slow. <laughs> I might need to do some math next week. <clears throat> it's very interesting. See, let me tell you what's happening for those who are struggling by getting up because you're thinking this is a trick question. It's not a trick question, people. <laughs> Two, see, but isn't that interesting that you helped me with this illustration beyond what I was thinking was going to happen? Because here... The thing is, you know that you know, but you'll all of a sudden convince yourself that maybe there's a trick, and we're doing this with God. God will emphatically say this, and then we will like, this must be, this must there's got to be more behind this. And you're adding to something when it's as simple as two plus one equals, and that's the answer. And if I pointed at you and said, blurt it out, tell me what it is, you would have a bone. Right. I mean, do you really like, I know this. I mean, you're like, there's no way I won't get this right. I mean, how many feel like that right now? There's no way I can get this wrong. There is absolutely no way I would ever fail that test ever. Anyone? See what I'm saying? That is called certainty. That's called conviction. So now you know what, how that sense is. If you don't have, this is a very simple principle. I use this in my own life. When God begins to speak to me and I go, do I, am I firmly persuaded like two plus one equals three? I gave you the answer, right? <laughs> am, I, am I that? Because if I'm not, then I'm not in faith. So quit lying to yourself. You're in faith. When you know what it means to be certain. Right? Okay, you can be seated. Thank you. You're great. 
That's what it means to be certain. So when we say a firm persuasion, that God can give us natural examples that apply over to spiritual. And I'm telling you, in my life, it's that I know. I know. And I've told you before when it came to the mall the first time for us to engage in this property. Again, you have to understand the mall has never been on the market to be sold. It was never for sale. It was not for sale at all. It was not for sale. So we are believing for something that isn't even available, but God. And then when the door started to open, there were a lot of other, you know, factors of faith that are getting involved. Because the Bible tells you, you got to count the cost, <laughs> right? You got to start counting the cost. And you got to know you got enough faith. You got enough in the bank of faith to get you all the way through. I don't have to have all of it. I just got to count the cost of all the faith that's going to be required to resurrect that mall, to get it to where God wants it to be, right? And so, you know, people come up to you all the time, you know, when they begin to hear stuff and they're like, we can do it, Pastor. Well, I'm glad. If you're certain, great, but I know I'm not, and I'm not going to put on a show. So I was driving down. My wife and I were going to go camp for a couple of days, and I did it on a Wednesday. We went down. When I say Wednesday, I took the camper down to pray because that's my custom to pray anyway. And so I was like, I'll just pray and set the camper up and then come back. We'll go to service after service. It'll already be there, and we'll go and spend the rest of the weekend and come back on Saturday, right? A uh, week and come back Saturday. And so as I was driving down, I know exactly where I was at. I know the house. I pass by it often on A1A, past, you know, the hammocks. And as I was going past the hammocks, heading towards Flagler Beach, talking to the Lord about this mall, I'll never forget, in my spirit, not an audible voice, wasn't in the cab of my tr truck, it was just, or Suburban, or Tahoe, you know, just heard God in my spirit say, you see that house over there? I said, yes, sir. He said, how much do you think it costs? I said, oh, millions. Millions. He said, do you notice anything about it? And it, it seemed as if I perceived his answer. I said, looks like someone's summer home or winter home. He says, you are correct. I don't know who they are, but it's their winter home. They don't even live there full time. These people making such bank, they built a million-dollar winter home. Millions. He said, son, if man can have a winter home worth millions, don't you think I can get you a mall? I said, yes, sir, that's all I need to hear. I never questioned him again. The only time we had a conversation is when a confession changed and some conflict, and I thought, I better make sure I'm still hearing what he's saying. Not to abandon, but hearing. And, you know, I made paths. I looked at other property and all that stuff, and I'll never forget the Lord said, son, you can buy anything you want to. And I knew what he was saying when he said it. He said, but that does not change my mind about this piece of property. And at that point, I'm like, I will not buy another piece of property, erect a church, have a congregation, and then see some other pastor in this place because I failed to finish. So I'm like, I'm locked in. So I need to know how to get in touch. And then he gave me the plan, and here we are. We're done. Amen. Now I say we're done with that chapter. <laughs> we're not done. <laughs> we're not even open yet. But doubt is a feeling of uncertainty or lack of conviction. It's, it questions the truth. I, and now, one, you know, um, the definition would say or fact, but we don't live by facts. We live by the truth. We don't deny facts. We are not fact deniers. Do not deny the fact that you have symptoms in your body. Well, my back's hurting and I can't seem to get... Don't deny the fact. Don't say you're healed and you're not getting a healing and not be willing to go find out what that really is specifically so that you can get more word on something specific. Because there may be an issue somewhere that you're not even aware of and talked to and God needs you. Because again, at the end of the day, sometimes we are so selfish with our faith. We're like, I'm going to believe God, I ain't going to any doctor at all. Where the God may be talking to that doctor who is so convinced that God doesn't exist. But then you show up as a patient. You do. By the leading of the Spirit, you go to a doctor. The doctor examines you and says, man, you got tumors everywhere, cancer, bro, you dead. Now, we can do this, but I'm just telling you, it's just going to prolong life. And you're saying, where is it at now? Where is it attacked? Man, I really appreciate you doing that. I'm so glad because, you know, I wasn't sure. I was praying and asking the Lord. Oh, you ask the Lord, oh, please, come on, listen. You, you, you know how they can get when they just, 
Yeah. Um, but I thank you for that because now I know how to pray. I'm going to ask him if I should even go through your treatment. Now, the Lord could say, you go because I need you to stay connected. So, again, if you go through a treatment, you understand you can make the treatment only do what the treatment was designed for. You know, chemotherapy kill everything in your body, not just the cancer. But the word of a king can say, you're only going to go to the places that you're supposed to die, nothing else you'll harm. Because I can drink any deadly poison that won't harm me. It's only going to eradicate the thing that, it's not, that it was designed to get rid of in the first place. And all of a sudden, the doctor begins to see the miraculous happen with you. Right? The miraculous. Now, I'm saying it would become so supernatural because, again, they've already counted you for death anyway and the fact that they're just prolonging some stuff, but then you're complete. It's gone, and they know the treatment couldn't have done it alone. Right? They know it. I mean, I got a cancer kicker, uh, overcomer, conqueror right here in the building that was destined to die, thought he was going to die, pumped him so full, so much full of morphine during uh, the uh, Christmas holidays because going to ease his suffering. But his wife was like, do we have to have this much? Because, I mean, he was gone. He couldn't even talk. Couldn't have, no, his confession was out. And they're like, man, no. Mine came back. Confession was there. Next thing you know, cured. Did you hear what I said? Cured. No cancer. Period. None. No stents. No dialysis. Cured. And the kidney is right around the corner. She's 100% fixing to kick in right now. My gosh. You hearing me? So you have to have no doubt. It means indecision. You know what else doubt is? Be afraid. Fear. And let me tell you something. Can I just tell you? If you are in God kind of faith, fear is on the other side. It is always present, meaning because when you're really doing what God has said, there's no way you can do it without him. None. I remember uh, Reverend Marty, Marvin Yoder, he came here. We had him minister. Uh, he um, was an instructor at Raymond, still is. He travels, you know. We've connected. We talked about the vision of them all, all this. And I was telling him, and he was here at lunch one day, and he goes, he laughed. I mean, because when he laughs, it's crazy. I mean, it gets really crazy. And he started laughing, man, and he says, man, I like you. He said, man, he said, you're so far out in the deep, man. If this thing doesn't work, you're dead. You're dead. I like you. I mean, you're out there. Now, again, I'm not, I didn't take myself out. That's the problem. Some people want to take themselves out and say they're in faith when it's your faith now, and now you're obligated to see it come to pass, and the problem is you don't have the power. We only get out there because the Lord said, come on out. It's like Peter. Come on. Well, come on. Come on out. Well, I'm only out here because you said it. So at the end of the day, if it don't work, I'm blaming you, and I'm going to tell everybody about it. And you say, you're going to say that about God? If you believe that God said it and you know he said it, then it's really obligated to him. And at the end of the day, he has a way of making sure his name always is glorified. And he's not intimidated with you saying, oh, Lord, this don't work. You know, it's your problem, and it's going to make you look bad. You know, Moses did this. Now, Lord, do you smoke them all right now? All they're going to think is that you brought them out here to kill them. And the Lord's like, yeah, they could think that. So I'll take them out slowly. <laughs> I mean, he did take them out. It doesn't pay to be rebellious. Look to your neighbor and say, it doesn't pay to be rebellious. So quit wearing it as a badge of honor. Yeah. Oh, shut up, I see that. I mean, if you would just get that tenacious with your faith. Yeah. Why is it that, you know, you know how the world is, they're rebellious and run, you know, and they like wear it like, you know, they're so tough. Then they get born again, realize God, get soft, a little tender, and then get offended. Then all of a sudden, it like they're now new mission to be rebellious in church. They're going to be that Christian. Don't be that Christian. Right? Because, again, you're really not hurting nobody but yourself. Right? Okay, let me go back and finish these out uh, real quick, and we will finish maybe tonight. Jesus replied, uh, the Passion Translation 21-22. Listen to the truth. If you have no doubt of God's power and speak out of faith's fullness, 
You can be the ones who speak to a tree and it will wither away. Even more than that, you can say to this mountain, be lifted up and be thrown into the sea and it will be done. Everything you pray for with the fullness of faith. I like that. Man, you got to have fullness of faith. Fullness of faith. Don't tell me you have fullness of faith unless you have fullness of faith. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether you tell me or not. Somebody knows if you do. We're going to see that in Scripture here in a second. With the fullness of faith, you will receive. And now the reality of that statement is it's already done. And I'll never forget when I, when I for us, signed the closing of the mall with the pen that the Lord told me before they even engaged me about buying it. When it was purchased. See, these are just like things that connect dots. I'm with Bishop Garraway from Trinidad, Tobago, met him for the first time, did a global leadership conference down in Kissimmee with Apostle Estrada. He needed a ride over to the Millennial Mall to pick up some floor mats for his car because it was cheaper for him to buy them here than it was to get them shipped over. I'll take you. I had a vehicle, right? So we went. Got to, get, got to know him a little bit. We went through, got all the way to a store in the mall called Mont Blanc. Went into Mont Blanc, and they have um, cologne. They have pens. They had some other stuff in there. And so he was picking up a gift for a minister friend of his and bought him a pen. And then he sat, I sat down. I said, sit down here beside me. He said, he goes, you know, look at these pens. Well, how do you like this? So, you know, I messed with a few of them. You know, they were all a little bit bigger than what I would do personally. You know, I got little hands. Uh, but, you know, they were a little bit bigger. And I grabbed the one that I thought was the nicest, right? And I said, yeah, I like this one. And he said, well, we'll do this one too. Rung up the bill. My pen alone was $450. So, he was... He's a little larger than I am. I mean, he's a little larger than I am. Bishop Garraway is, is, you know, larger than I am. So he was feeling a little winded walking across the mall, actually. And I, he, I was like, hey, I can go get my big and come around. He said, would you do that? I said, yeah, man, no problem. And so I went. Now, while I'm going, I'm like, jeez, man. <laughs> he bought me a $450 pen. I lose pins. I lose give me pins. You know, I big pin. I mean, I can't keep a pair of sun. I mean, this is horrible. Who wants to lose a $450 pin, right? So in my mind, I'm thinking, Lord, I mean, man, what, that was so generous. I mean, I'm like, you know, I'm almost questioning, you're, you're leaving here in God. You know, it's like, I mean, wow. Four, and I'll never forget the Lord said, You'll sign them all with that pen because kings carry pens like that. I'll never forget that. And that was the first indication something was going to change here. Wow. And you know what? It came to pass. I've yet to send that picture to Bishop Garraway. I need to do that. I will and, and recount that story. The Wymouth translation says it this way. I solemnly tell you, this is Matthew 21, 21, and 22. I solemnly tell you, said Jesus, that if you have an unwavering faith, you shall not only perform such a miracle as this of the fig tree, but that even if you say to this mountain, be thou lifted up and hurled into the sea, it shall be done. And everything, whatever it be. Now, again, the qualifier for whatever it be is not your whatever, it's his whatever. So your faith doesn't, faith for you comes from the word of, the, of God. That's your faith. We are to live by the God kind of faith. We live by faith, not by sight. We don't live by faith senses is what it's saying. When he says live by sight, that means you don't live by your belief system based upon your senses. And when I mean sense, I mean natural. You're not living by what you hear on the TV, from the news report, even from your doctor. He can be factually correct. All that's going on in your body, but you have a healer in heaven. Jehovah Rapha, you have a covenant with God in your kingdom. So he has the final say to your whole life, and all you got to do is start saying, tell me your will for my life, and when I hear it, I'm unwavering. I will not come on. So he goes on, and everything, whatever it be, that you ask for in prayer, if, qualifier, you have faith. 
you shall obtain. I would submit to you that everyone in this room, including myself, have prayed to God, and the only reason we did not have it, two reasons why. One is because we were asked for something we never heard from God. Or the second one, we heard from God, but we were not in faith. We were not in faith. We had uncertainty. Now, faith has to be maintained. Faith is not, I got it, and it can never leave. Hallelujah. Faith must be maintained. You must constantly be. Because when you have a word from God, make no mistake about it, another voice is coming to change the way you believe. All the time. The Lord looked down from heaven, opened up heaven's windows, poured out his spirit on a man named Jesus and said this, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Then the spirit that was poured out on him said, let's go out into the wilderness. I need you to meet somebody. The minute he went out in the wilderness to meet that somebody, that somebody says, if you are the son of God, well, is he or not? Now, whose voice is he going to believe? And this is what happens to you. You'll get here in church, and all of a sudden we'll preach a message. It'll come from Scripture. You're like, that's it for me. And you'll get out, and you'll get down the road, and maybe it's Monday. could make it to Tuesday, and then all of a sudden somebody gives you a what if or another situation, and then you begin to question that very word you just heard. And it's not that God won't do what he said. You've got to maintain certainty. Maintain it. Firmly persuaded. This is why it's important. We said this last week, Isaiah 55, 11, So will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter which I sent it. You've got to get that in your spirit. I just heard from God this is happening. I will always conclude if what I thought was going to take place didn't take place, I will always conclude, I did not hear right, so then I must not have been in the right kind of faith, or I will have already known I was doubting. I mean, you know what? I'm just going to be honest with you. It's better for you to admit you have doubt than to lie about it. Because the more you lie about it, then you will cause yourself to become deceived about what you think you believe. See, the whole thing about being deceived is that you're convinced that it's this way when it's really not that way. So I've always been honest with myself. I'm not. Pastor, we need to start a preschool. No, I'm not starting a preschool. I hadn't heard God. I'm not starting a preschool. Then one day he said, start a preschool. I've heard now. Right? Knew I was always going to start a private school. Then one day it was time. Hallelujah. Amen. But in anything I've said, Lord, is this what I'm supposed to do? I need to know. And if I'm not hearing it good enough, then you know what you got to do? You got to do what the scripture says. You got to shut yourself off. You got to get into prayer and fasting. You got to shut off all the voice, even the voice of your own flesh, even your own body. Want food. You got to be like, my gosh, man, I want to be just in tune with the spirit because I know he wants to talk to me. So then he gets me to the place of no doubt. That's how we are to live. No doubt. Don't tolerate living in doubt. Don't let yourself be like that. Be honest and say, you know what, man? If, I, if I'm quit, then get it settled. Get it settled so that whenever you hit an opposition against it, you'll know that source isn't coming from God. I've had many times where people are like, man, I just, I, I, I always believed that God was going to do this. And they start recounting. And I'm like, you can't even find that in scripture, man. So all this while, you've been believing for something that you can't scripturally substantiate. Faith, if it be right, Matthew Henry says, will excite prayer. See, the reason why most people don't pray and the reason why prayer meetings are the smallest meetings in the church is because people don't know the will of God and don't know how to pray because they are uncertain. And then they get religious. Now, Lord, if it's your will. Now, when you don't know, Lord, I don't know your will, right, at the end of the day. So, 
Could it be this? Here's a path. Your Bible says a man makes his path, but God directs his step. If it's this way, let me know. If it's this way, let me know. If it's this way, at the end of the day, I'm only going to follow your will. Because at the end of the day, I'm not going to question if it's your will when I know it's your will. So what's your will? And the Bible says if you ask, you'll receive. If you knock, the door will be open. If you seek, well, I just don't know what God's saying. Then you quit. Because the scripture guarantees hearing or receiving, uh, finding, and an open door. Guarantees it. Hallelujah. Y'all all right? Man, y'all started getting quiet on me. There's faith people up in here, right? Okay. So let me break down these last two passages of Scripture for you, and we'll be gone. I think I can do it in 10 minutes. John 6, 63 to 68 says this. And I'm going to read just 63 first, say a few things, and then we'll carry on. It is the Spirit who gives life. What gives life? The flesh profits. What does the flesh profit? Nothing. Now look what Jesus says. He's a qualifier. He says, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. That tells us, based upon how he pre-qualified this statement, that words can come from the flesh or words will come from the spirit. And if you're speaking words from the flesh, they are going to profit. Now, even if the words you're speaking are scriptural, even if the words you are speaking is the known will of God. Pharisees spoke the word, but it had no effect. Why? Because they had a there was no spirit behind their words. They had tradition behind their word. They had their own thought. They had their own issue. All right, for some of you, you will speak a word and doubt follows it. Doubt is not spirit. Doubt is not, is of the flesh. Doubt questions truth. So you say it and it's right and people are hearing it, but the reality is you're not connected to it in the spirit. And I love what Pastor Craig Hagan has been preaching here recently. He's been like, you know, I'm concerned about the faith camp because, you know, faith as, as, as like a move of God or this like passion where the charismatic renewal kind of move people into the spirit of God and then the teaching of God's word showed up because that's what the Holy Ghost does. He doesn't bring you in a room to make you dance and throw you on the floor and heal your body and make you speak in tongues and then doesn't do anything with your mind. Okay, he is the greatest educator ever. In fact, he is the only actual educator. So he's going to renew your mind. He's going to get you to think God thoughts. <laughs> and so then all of a sudden, people were learning how to live by the God kind of faith from God's word. But now we've got it. And here's the thing. Faith is not taught. It's caught. So I can teach you what the word says, but until you catch it in your spirit. I've got many graduates from the same school that I went to that are not living by faith. They're graduates, got their little certificate, wore their red little robe, but are complaining about the coronavirus, complaining about race relationships, complaining about the conditions of the world, can't hardly hold a job. Don't know where they're going. Where is your faith, man? I mean, why'd you send the classes? I mean, it's like they want to believe faith is like God hand everything to them and they don't have to do nothing. No, you got to get out into a place that you've only heard God and God's the only one out there and everything you want has to catch up with it. Yeah. You got to step out in the deep. You got to be willing to put your flesh down. Not be so touchy. <laughs> no, you got to get that word connected to your spirit. That way, when it's connected to your spirit, you'll look at your best friend and say, if you're not with me, you're against me. 
You'll go to the prayer closet and say, Lord, now my spouse hadn't seen it this way. You're going to have to talk. Because I won't come off, even for them. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to cause a rift or divorce, but I'm telling you right now, there have been divorces over people choosing the Lord. And it was not God's will for that person to leave. You've got to be so convinced, so uh, absolute. I mean, so many believers are wasting time on what they think they did. Well, I'm believing God for a spouse. If you are, why are you looking then? Just call those things that be not as though they were and quit test driving. And quit sitting at the house being depressed. Why don't you show up at the church since you're single and you ain't got no other obligation with anybody else and be here, do whatever, and be there all the time, do whatever you got to do. Put your hand to something. And then God will bring that person in and you're going to be shocked when you see them. Because you couldn't have figured that out by yourself. But some of y'all just saying I do to people and then it's like a train wreck and we're like, but God, trying to get a but God on something, right? <laughs> but God, but God. Now again, you know what the devil meant for bad or certain things that start out like really garbagey can turn. Don't get me wrong, man. I mean, th this is why you'll never hear about Pastor Marcy and I's beginnings. You'll never hear it. I'm serious. You're not going to hear it. It's that bad. It's bad. And I won't say it. Because, you know, there's some parts of my testimony you don't need, never need to know. You know why? Because if you heard about it, then you think you could replicate it. We're a but God moment. I would never wish what we did on anybody. And you, God didn't do that. God didn't put us together. Let me just tell you that. He did not put us together. But at the end of the day, we met God. And we said, we're going to do God. And man, now our marriage is like, wow, it's awesome. Amen. I wish to tell you, I wish I could tell you, you know, that it was just like, man, like, no, it was not. No, it was not. Whew, thank God. Hallelujah. You say, well, pastor, that'll help people, you know, if they really do it all wrong, you know, God then I'll talk to that person. You're not the one. We ain't having this conversation. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the words that I've spoken are spirit. So again, anytime Jesus is saying it has faith with it, I mean, it's with, from his spirit. He's just not it's got to have life. Now, let's go on. It says, but there are some of you, Jesus is talking now, who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who did not believe, and who it was that would betray him. So not only does he know who his betrayer is going to be, but he knows even in his own group of the other 11 who don't even believe. And you think you can come and sing hallelujah here? And let me look at your playlist of praise and worship. Now, you fool me all day long. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I'll know by the things that show up in your life because they'll start to manifest what you say prior to you having it. But at the end of the day, someone always knows. Right? Now, why is it that the minute I said that, though, I sensed in the room negativity which tells me you're still too wired sinfully in your thinking because when I hear God's watching everything I'm like you better believe he's watching everything I'm like thank God he's watching everything because he knows every time I'm in faith he knows every time I am standing right he knows every he ain't missing one thing nothing's gonna happen to me that that God doesn't know and I know he didn't go oh man I didn't realize you were actually believing me he's not absent-minded he didn't forget about me when I'm praying and ain't had it yet I don't think that he don't know I'm in faith still that I'm insignificant to who he is 
I know he knows that I am believing. And since he knows I'm believing, I am exactly going to have what I'm believing for. So when I hear that, I like go, whoa, thank God he knows every little doggone detail. Put me under the microscope, Lord. I want you to examine me. I want to be always under the microscope in your life because how in the world could I ever fail to get one of your promises now? Now, the only reason why we would hate that is if we are trying to be something we're not. I mean, that would be the only reason why that statement would give you a I mean, that's the most liberating statement in my life. That's why no woman's going to walk up into my office and throw themselves out in front of me and act like I'm going to be tempted by that. I'll be like, don't you know the Lord's up in this room right here? I mean, seriously? Security? <laughs> and I'll make sure they don't get close enough to get my clothes. I learned from Joseph. You're not touching me right now. Get away. You're not even touching my shirt. <laughs> right? I mean, it's like you can see. I mean, why do people fail? Because it's like they don't. I mean, really, we, he, I'm so glad he's looking. I'm so glad he's looking. And I'm glad he knows when I'm in faith. You know why I'm glad he knows? Because he loves me so much. You'll say, no. Now, you know you ain't got this yet. I'll never forget when I heard the kingdom for the first time. I was like, geez, this is so amazing. What have I been preaching my whole life? I've never seen it like this. Everything I thought I knew about the Bible is so more real now. This is, I got to go back preaching. He says, you're not going to preach this to nobody. I said, how am I not going to preach this to nobody? He said, because it's not in you yet. See, he knew that I didn't have it deep enough in my spirit. You know what? You got to be honest with yourself on these things. Because you know what? Aren't you kind of tired of the play in church? But you know the only people play in church are the ones who know they're in doubt. And the Lord knows they are as well. But I'm not here to play. And I'm like, I know you know, I know you know that I'm believing. I know you know. He goes on and says, I was saying this for the reason I said to you that no one can come to me unless they've been granted to me from the Father. Uh, as a result of this, many of the disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. Now, he had made a, a statement earlier in some previous verses that blew their mind and, you know, they just quit following. So he said to his twelve, do you want to go away also? Do you? You know, you going, you going, you going to follow the rest of these people because they don't want to believe what I'm saying? And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of life. Now, that doesn't mean Peter always stuck with the spirit and words of life. Even after this moment, he had some dumb moments. You ain't going to die. He's like, get behind me, Satan. Right? Then he's like, I don't know the man. I told you I don't know the man. For the last time, I don't know the man. Was that a chicken? <laughs> right? Raphael just got it. It's good. It's good. It took a little time by the Spirit to reveal the life of that joke to you. But you're connected, man. Hallelujah. <laughs> I would say it's because he's shorter than everybody in the room and it just took longer to get to him. Hallelujah. Now, stand up. Yeah, stand up. Now, listen, this is not a fit. This is a personal, we have a relationship. This is like ongoing. We have fun about this stuff. So when we say this, you don't need to take an offense for his smaller statue. That's dynamite right there, bro. And I know about dynamite. You know, and I'm thankful that I have some people that are with me in faith that we can have these conversations like this and really enjoy life, right? Thank you. Okay, last scripture is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, just to solidify what the Lord is saying concerning my words are spirit and life. And you know what? I know who believes and who doesn't. It's in Matthew chapter 4, verse 12 to 13. I'm going to read out the message translation. It's pretty cool. It says this, God means what he says. <clears throat> um, what he says goes his powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel cutting through everything whether doubt or defense laying us open 
to listen and obey. Nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it, no matter what. This is why I know anytime I preach the word of truth by the Spirit of God, I know he's talking to everybody whether they're responding or not. And here's the thing even greater than that. I know that he takes this conversation with them. The minute you're exposed to the preaching of Anchor Faith Church, it will always be present. It's going to come back. Because I've just authorized the Holy Ghost to cause these things to come to your remembrance. And you'll be standing before the Lord. And he's going to say, I talked to you about that message multiple times. For what reason? To condemn you? No. So you can get faith. So your life would be different. So you'd rise to another place. Look what it says in the easy translation. How do you like that? Easy translation. Right? This is easy. Easy translation. So be careful. God's message to us is alive and powerful. It is like a sword that has two sharp edges, even more than a sword. God's message goes very deep into us. It cuts between our soul and our spirit. It is like a sharp knife that can cut deep into our body between our bones. But verse 13 of the easy goes on and says this. This is powerful. Look at how it goes on in verse 13. It says... Um, there is nothing. Uh, is that where it goes, guys? Is that where I'm at? There is nothing? Uh, yeah, there is nothing. It shows us, right there, it shows us. God's message shows what we really are. It shows whether we believe or not. It shows what we really want. There is nothing in the whole world that can hide from God. He sees everything clearly. He knows everything. We will have to explain to him everything that we have done during our lives. Everything. That's what I love about God so much. He's so clear. He really is. We do a disservice. And again, it's your faith. It's what you're allowing to govern how you hear from God. Man, I just can't hear from God. It's just so difficult to understand where God... That's what you're saying... So that's what you're believing, and that's what you're letting govern your life, a hard-hearing ear in the Spirit. Because remember, Jesus said, him who has ears, let him hear. Well, they all had ears, and they were all hearing, but they didn't have understanding. And so a lot of times we talk ourselves out of our understanding. I know right now by the Spirit, just came up my spirit, the Lord says, there's a few people in here that I've been having a hard time talk to, talking to because they're offended. And I'm talking to them about it, but they just aren't letting it go. The Lord says, let it go. He said, my love's more than enough. He said, I died for them. Why are you so offended? And then I heard the Lord just say, did I not forgive you? So why are you holding it? Now, for some of you, if you'll let that go, whoever that's for, whomever that's for, your faith can really turn on. And you know what else to turn on? A smile. Joy in your life. When I say a smile, I'm not talking, because anybody can walk around like this. How are you doing? Great. But on the inside, they're like. Right? I mean, I understand. But, I'm t but when you see a person that has joy, I mean, it's like uncontainable. I mean, their whole atmosphere is joy. Their whole atmosphere is joy. So, what are we learning from Matthew 21, 21? Don't ever doubt. We know what it is. God knows what it is. God knows when we're in it. But he also knows when we're not. And when we're not in doubt, but we're in faith, make no mistake about, you will have what you say. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we honor you. You're so good to us. My gosh, you're so good to us. I'm thankful, thankful that you're so good to us. Ma, ma, ma. Your word never fails. Your word never fails. Your love is everlasting. That's why our love must grow. It's got to grow. Why? Because it's going to be attacked. Our love's being attacked. Our life's being attacked. Situations are attacked. And just really just trying to get us out of faith because faith works by love. We've got to walk in love. 
We've got to maintain forgiveness. We've got to continue to move because God knows where we're at in all of it. Yeah. See, the Lord says, I know you believe and do not doubt that, but it can't manifest as long as you're holding the other thing I talked to you about. So again, don't deceive yourself that just because you're convinced he'll do, when he begins to say, the only thing stopping me from releasing it is this here. Well, then you need to hear what God's saying, release it, believe that he's going to flood in with his fruits that's going to help you through that moment. And at the end of the day, you're going to be okay. You're going to be more than okay. You're going to have what you say. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com. Thank you.